Never fear, the man of tomorrow is here and ready to keep on podcasting, baby. <laughs> I don't know, how many podcasts do I do these days? Anyway, whew, uh, boy, you know, I read an interesting story. In fact, I'm going to, at some point, I'm probably going to talk about it. Uh, it's from the New York Times. Won't hold that against it. But where, I mean, it was talking about peak podcasting, you know, and, and that eventually there has to be some kind of a, uh, a shakedown, a, re- a reckoning, as it were, uh, you know, that, that podcasting has gotten to the point of, uh, of where blogs were, where everybody had a fucking blog, and then the whole blog ecosystem effectively collapsed, save a few uh, that kept on going. Well, if the same thing's going to end up happening to podcasting. Let me assure you that this is one show uh, that, or, you know, Sovereign Tech and really the entire network of Zomia One, which is going to continue to grow. Okay, it, this is an experiment. It's something we're going, I mean, it's more than an experiment. It's going to keep going. Um, but this is something that is, uh, you know, well, we keep, we're going to keep adding stuff in, just, you know, working things out with other, other hosts and stuff like that. And anyway, it all comes to fruition eventually. So 2019 has been a hell of a year. But again, let me guarantee you, Sovereign Tech, Zomia One, all that, not going anywhere. Never. I, I mean, I, I plan on doing this, frankly, the rest of my life. So. <laughs> Um, if you want to help out with it, you know, I've reached out to a few people, uh, and, and there have been a couple that have been very gracious. Uh, you know, please, please feel free. Uh, July has been a pretty wild month. Uh, so if you want to help guarantee that this does not become part of any pod fade, um, you know, I would definitely, and, and, you know, I've posted on Twitter about it and everything, you know, please feel free. Of course, the PayPal address is the same as the main show address, which is bbs at sovereigntech.com. Uh, and of course there are in every, well, on main episodes and even on my Twitter, you can find, uh, you know, Bitcoin links and all that. If you want to help keep this machine going round and round, but, uh, and, and I would really, really appreciate it. We could certainly, you know, could certainly be used this month. So, uh, all of that said, and again, thank you to those who already have, and those who are planning to, uh, I mean, it's really been a huge, huge help, but the man of tomorrow needs you baby. Woo. All right. Now, let's get into, this is, of course, your Wednesday, uh, boy, I was going to say Patreon. <laughs> Did I already say Patreon once? You get so used to saying that for years. You know, I mean, you really do. And then, well, anyway, uh, I'm glad, I'm really excited. Podbean is putting in more and more features. I mean, you can't, I know I've heard some complaints about the Podbean app, but fuck, I got to tell you, I mean... The, the amount of features and everything that Podbean is allowing me to do, especially at a very granular level as a podcaster, I, I mean, I, I can't, I, I couldn't imagine going anywhere else. The one feature I wish they'd have, I really, and I'm with you, I wish that they had custom feeds for the underground content, you know, for the stuff behind the paywall. That way you could use it in whatever app you wanted. I really wish that would happen. I get the sense that they might make that happen because they appear to be trying to match Patreon pound for pound, you know, feature for feature. And like, what I can't wait for the live streaming to start because, oh, I am going to take full advantage of that. And we're going to end up doing, uh, I'm going to tell you, because I really want to sweeten the pot for people to move over to Podbean. We're going to end up doing multiple uh, uh, you know, of these live hangouts per month. Um, I love doing the live hangout format and a lot of the questions I've been getting lately, we'll talk about this a little more later, but a lot of the questions I've been getting lately, uh, have to do or are often in response to other questions. And it'd be great if we could just have like that live dialogue. And also it'd be great if you're the ones asking me that way, I don't sound just like totally batshit insane for bringing it up. Not that I'm afraid of sounding batshit insane, but again, we'll talk more about that later. So why don't we get into our questions? No, no need for a lot of shop talk here. Um, okay. So, uh, here we go. Hey stallion recently had, uh, had a story from salon show up in my Google discover feed. I know, I know. And come on guys, really Google? No, kidding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that Google discover feed, you know, sometimes I, I, I accidentally look at mine and I still think it's a total fail. I really do. Like I, I never really feel like I'm getting, you know, and it, like, it doesn't matter how many times I, I switch off screen rant, you know, like don't show me content from screen rant. It still shows me content from like screen rant and all these other bullshit sites. 
Um, and again, I never get anything, anything about anarchism. There are subjects. We know this now. There are subjects that the discover feed will never show you content for. We know it like it's, it's a fact. So that discover feed, fuck that shit. And the news feed isn't going to do you much better, you know, in the, in the news app, um, which I, I've also, you know, sometimes I check out and use, uh, yeah. Anyway. So, okay. Let's continue on with the question here. Uh, let's see. So there's a story in salon, uh, and it was about quote, the most secure way to surf the web end quote, which I thought was a bold claim, but it was talking about a browser I'd never heard of before called keep solid private browser. What does Savzu make of this one? Is this what we've been looking for this whole time? Or is it just another browser with a built-in VPN? I did think it was interesting that you have to pay for it. Keep up the incredible work. Thank you. And of course, like I said, uh, with, of course, the help of, of you know, patrons, uh, underground members and donations. Um, yes, I can keep up the great work. So, uh, or the incredible work. Thank you. That's even kinder. Um, yeah, you, you kind of, honestly, you pegged this one. Uh, already question asker, uh, and not, not this, that surprises me. I know I have the most intelligent audience in the world and I'm not kidding about that. Um, this is basically a Chromium based browser with a VPN and it's really, so I looked up the salon story just to see that's, that's gotta be native advertising. I don't think it said it was native advertising, but that has to be like a paid for placement for this fucking browser. Um, and they don't really say it at all in the, uh, you know, like in the story itself, but it seems pretty clear that this is just, you know, using that 95% open source Chromium code. That's all this really is. And again, it's, it's, it's more concentrating on, uh, on mobile. Now, if you'll notice, okay, like you said, it was a paid for browser really all you're paying for, because that would be horseshit. If somebody just like put a bunch of technologies into a, an already open source and totally free browser like Chromium. Okay. Well, and so is Chrome technically free, you know, free as in it doesn't cost USD. Of course it costs a whole shit ton of other things that you, you know, most people don't think about and then it are maybe worse than it costing USD. Uh, but basically when you have to pay for it. So I think I saw in the salon article, it was like $29 if you go through salon, um, or it was like, uh, like $50 if you pay for it normally. Um, I mean, there's nothing wrong with a paid for browser. Again, I think Firefox is going to end up doing this. In fact, uh, I just got, I got invited to the, well, only because I was in the test pilot program. Um, I got invited to Firefox preview, which is a new version of Firefox for, uh, for Android which uses the new engine, the Gecko View engine, which I'm guessing is some kind of a fork off of Quantum uh, because, you know, both Firefox on desktop and on Android. Now on iOS, you can download Firefox, but that's just using, you know, WebKit. Uh, you know, it's just using what uh, what Apple allows, right? They don't let you use like a completely independent, um, you know, browsing engine for that. But so it's just a skinned version of Safari, really after a fashion. But anyway, um, the Firefox preview, yeah, it, it has Gecko, it, or it's using Quantum across, you know, both desktop and Android uh, for Firefox. Now, Firefox on Android was using Quantum, but I don't know, maybe it was like killing the battery or something and they had to come up with another version of it. But I looked at it, I looked at Firefox preview and it's interesting, but understand that as we've talked about on Sovereign Tech, uh, recently, just in the past month or so, uh, Firefox is probably going to come out with a premium version of it where you are going to pay for it. Uh, and one of the things it's going to offer is a VPN. Now that's a very similar model, I think, to really what Keep Solid is doing here. Cause really all you're paying for with Keep Solid and it's only like Salon. And I read the article and I, and I saw what you meant where you quoted the most secure way to surf the web. I, I mean that, that, that should, and it said might. I think at the beginning of the article, and it's a good thing it did because otherwise you could probably sue them because that, that, that is so easily disproved that it's, I mean, it's not even remotely the most secure way to surf the web. Okay. So it's a web browser that on mobile has a built-in VPN. Woohoo. Okay. Like <laughs> that, that, that doesn't blow, you know, that doesn't blow up my skirt at all. And as far as on desktop, 
I don't think it's actually a browser. It looks like it's just a VPN client that you get to install on desktop. So really all you're paying for is a VPN service. Like that's all you're getting. You're not getting a bunch of features. As to where like when we talked about with Firefox Premium, there's probably gonna be a ton of features that come with this, uh, like password features, a lot of other things. Okay, with all the different products uh, you know, that Firefox or that Mozilla is now offering through the Firefox brand. Like I wouldn't be surprised if Firefox send would, if you are paying for Firefox premium would actually allow you to, uh, you know, send files larger than 2.5 gigabytes. Maybe not because, well, I, I don't know what, what the limitation is there, but it, it's a possibility. Um, yeah, th this browser, n there's just nothing special. It literally is just a Chromium browser and it has a VPN built in. That's all. Is that a bad thing? No, no. And is, is it something, I mean, you know, are they, they, they claim they're not keeping any logs again. That's always just a claim. You got to keep that in mind. Uh, it sounds like they're doing a lot of things right, but frankly, just, you know, there, there's, and, and it's a lifetime subscription. And I want to I want to touch on this. So that twenty nine dollars or fifty fifty dollars, depending, is apparently a lifetime subscription to their VPN. Um, I worry about that. Like that's no VPN should just cost that much. So it's a roll of the dice of whether or not this is going to be actively developed going into the future, or maybe they're going to completely they're going to try and copy. You know, maybe this is just like because I I hadn't heard of them before. Okay, it seems like they've been around for some years, but maybe they're a different company or something. I don't know. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they might try to copy whatever Firefox does later this year with Firefox Premium. Um, Firefox has far more interesting things coming down the pike anyway. Like they're, they're talking about having a Tor uh, add-on that will allow you to, it's not going to be built into Firefox, but it's going to be a, uh, an, you know, an extension or an add-on that you could just easily install on a Firefox. And then you know, you can just hit, click a button at the top, right. Or wherever you put your, you know, cause you can customize Firefox wherever, however you want, wherever you want to put that, uh, you know, your add-ons, um, just click on it. And then it turns it into basically a Tor connection. I mean, that that's dynamite like that. That's the kind of thing that's going to happen. And even just that puts Firefox above and beyond anything that keep solids doing here. So again, I, I mean, there's not even a whole lot of information to find out about keep solid. This is, this is very, I mean, that claim, they should not have allowed for that claim to go out. Like never, no company should ever really say that, right? That I mean, even like the Signal app doesn't say this is, you know, like the most secure way to communicate online or something like that, because no one worth their salt is going to make a claim remotely like that. So again, nothing really special here. If you want, I mean, what I would do, you know, just, I mean, if you really want to, if you want to surf securely on the web, um, do two, one of two things. One, you could just download the actual Tor browser, right? Which is out of alpha now. Uh, it's out of beta. It's, it's fully released, um, or it has a stable release. So you could download, you know, the Tor browser and use that if you want, or, you know, you could just, uh, I don't know, get private internet access, um, and, you know, pay for an actual VPN service that's going to encrypt everything that goes down on your phone anyway. And we'll do the same for you on desktop. And then you could keep using Firefox or whatever. Those are really your, those are the way to go. I, I don't think like buying this kind of, this browser isn't going to do anything for you. And it's, in fact, it's almost, it's annoying in that, you know, something, a, a browser feature that a lot of people are looking for is cross-platform. Like they want their experience, say on their phone, to go over to their desktop, vice versa. And this basically wouldn't allow for that. So I, I don't, it seems like a, I don't even know what they're doing. You know, I mean, I don't, again, I don't see anything wrong with it, but I just think you're going to run into issues, you know, that, that people are expecting from a modern experience or from a modern browsing experience uh, in our mobile connected world, you know. Uh, now, I mean, another couple things you could do. I mean, the other thing is that, like, say if you're using Google Fi, you can turn on your VPN on Google Fi. Uh, and then, you know, you don't even have to think twice about this sort of shit. I mean, Google's going to collect it all, but then, well, you're taking KeepSafe at their word that they don't collect anything. But regardless of that, again, I'm, I'm not, you know, fuck Google. Don't, don't, don't confuse me on that. Uh, Opera, similar thing. Opera has a built-in VPN. Just, and, and that's free. Now, granted, 
all of that is going to a company in China and who the fuck knows, you know, I mean, they claim that it's anonymous, but who the fuck knows who sometimes they might turn that shit over to. Uh, but you know, maybe it's better that it goes off to the Chinese and someone in America, but re- regardless, um, you know, I mean that, that, that options there too. It, it's just, it's, yeah, I, I don't, there's not enough here to make this something that I think is like really worthwhile. Now, if keep solid reached out to me and said, you know, Hey, we'd like to sponsor your show. Sure. You know, but I mean, I'm going to be honest with the fact that there are, you know, this is far from the most secure way to surf the web and there are other ways to do it. Is this better than, you know, fucking without a condom on the internet? If you take my meaning, Sure, it is that, but yeah, it's it's just nothing, there's nothing really special here. Um, you'd be better off with like, you know, I mean, even using Brave Browser and, and some others that have a lot of built-in features uh, anyway, and just pay for, pay straight for a VPN service, really, okay, you know, because, yeah, I, I don't trust these like, you know, you buy once, unless the lifetime fee is like, you know, in the hundreds of dollars, I, yeah, I really, really don't trust it. So anyway, uh, let's move on to another question here. And actually, we're going to go to the email inbox uh, once again on this one. And here we go. Actually, got a couple of great emails uh, from uh, this absolutely wonderful lady (laughs) who I I know. In fact, I think she sent in the very first question to Sovereign Tech way back in like 2012, way, way back. And I know she's been listening forever. I've had the pleasure of meeting her. She's just, she's, she's tremendous. She actually gave me some great feedback on recent episodes too, that, uh, yes, I am going to be implementing, uh, and, and, you know, take the, I, I, no problem. You know, folks, I mean, like I, I've, I've lost, a, uh, quite a few patrons actually on Patreon and they didn't just go and sign up for, for Podbean either. Like I've just kind of like lost them. You control the content in a very real way. A, I am going to listen to my listeners about what you want because I enjoy entertaining and informing you around what you want to know. Okay, that's why I do a Q&A show in the first place. But like, if you feel like you're not getting the value out of, you know, Zomia One Underground content, tell me what you want. Okay, and and like, I, if it's something that I think, yeah, wow, this is fantastic or whatever. Or again, for a Q&A, ask me the question and I'll get to it. Ask me. You know, don't leave. Like, I mean, if, if you, you know, if people, financial situations change, I totally understand what that's like. Believe me. Okay. Uh, but, you know, you can control this. Just ask me the questions and, you know, I'll talk about whatever the hell you want to talk about. That's why, you know, I'm not asking you to pay me to hear my, you know, gap flap. Okay. I, you know, you could pay me because you got so much value out of the Q and a sections that I did on the show, you know, it's like, well, let's, let's open this up and, you know, add in more time to where I can really, you know, dive deep on a lot of this stuff. So please feel free. If, you know, if you have, I mean, I'm open to all, all critiques. I am open to all of them, especially from the listeners, especially the longtime listeners. You people are the fucking best. I love you. You're my, you are my rock. You understand? And I mean, like, you know, <laughs> if you want to think of yourself as like the rock, you know, if you smart, sorry, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, I love getting that kind of, you know, those critiques. Some of the best ones like Rob, Rob is, you know, my co-host Rob for TIE Fighter Renegades. Uh, you know, he's given me some of the best ideas for all kinds of stuff. And he's like, Hey, you should do, do that. You know? And I'm like, and every time I've implemented it, I'm like, God damn it. He was on, you know? So please feel free to do that. Um, anyway. Yeah. And also, like I said, you know, if you don't like the Zomi one underground content, let me know, give me feedback on that and, or ask me the questions that you want to know about and I'll get into them. So, because like a lot of questions over the past couple months, admittedly, I mean, I have tech questions here, but a lot of them have been a lot of entertainment, pop culture questions and things like this. Look folks, those were the questions that were sent to me. And that's what was in the hopper. If you want, you know, more tech or more, uh, history or whatever, put those questions into the hopper. I will get to them. All right. It's, it's just, it's that, that's what was there. That was the resounding, you know, of what people wanted me to talk about, but you can add your voice in and I'll talk about it. So continuing, um, here we go. Uh, st- let's see. Uh, hey, Brian saw this today and it's the phone, the Nokia two, two, the, the 2019, uh, edition. I mean, there's been the Nokia two, I think there's the Nokia two one or the Nokia two came out in 2017, which I reviewed the Nokia two, uh, which is, which was, I mean, the phone itself I thought would be fine, but Google's implementation of Android Go 
was had something really left to be fucking desired. <laughs> I mean, that was not working out well. And it looks like Android Go is kind of falling away to some degree. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, anyway, then there was the Nokia 2.1, which was a little, I think, a little bit of a better phone. And now we have the Nokia 2.2. Anyway, uh, I, you know, I, and I read up about this, um, a few reviews from a few different sites, but here's here's what uh, the the emailer had to say: uh, stock Android, removable battery, OS updates for two years. It is Stanley breaking in. It is an Android One phone, which I have recommended wholeheartedly lately. Uh, security updates for three years, etc. Uh, other than extremely small storage, 32 gig, it sounds pretty good. I'd be interested in a review on it if you think it'd be useful to your listeners. Uh, and yes, I do think it would be interesting uh, for the listeners. So this is a phone. If you are looking now, here's the thing. Um, this Nokia phones, the only real problem. So the phone that I recommend, if someone emailed me right, emailed me right now and said, what phone should I get? And actually I get this a lot. Um, I would recommend the Moto X4. That is the phone that I'd recommend right now. And part of the reason why is that you can get one usually on any given day. You can get one for probably, I mean, when, when I think when I, cause both Ellen and I use a Moto X4. And they were under $200 then. Now, you know, basically across the board, they're well under $150 usually. So around the same price as the Nokia 2.2. Now, we'll talk about the Nokia 2.2 in a second. The reason, I mean, we'll talk about the, again, we'll talk about the Nokia 2.2. It's a worthwhile phone in my opinion. I'm very intrigued by it. But the reason I, at the end of this, I'm still going to recommend the Moto X4 if you want to go that route is because... The Moto X4 can work on any, or has so many different antennas. It can work on Verizon. It can work, not that you should use Verizon, but it can work on Verizon. It can work on AT&T. It can work on T-Mobile. It can work on Sprint. It can work on any, basically any carrier around the world. That makes the Moto X4 very unique. And if you do happen to want to like go with Google Fi or something, if you do, um, it has all of the features, all the tech necessary for the fast switching that Google Fi does between like US Cellular, T-Mobile, Sprint, and Wi-Fi. Um, so I still think the Moto X4 is, is in, because of that agility, is, is the better phone. However, if you are somebody who, no, you're totally on GSM, you're totally, you know, you're locked in or not, not I mean, by choice, you're locked in with T-Mobile or AT&T or, you know, some, somebody like that one or like Straight Talk, you know, one of their, their MVNOs. Um, if you're like, you know, if you're locked in with that, I think the Nokia, Nokia 2.2 is a fine phone. And for these very reasons is that it does come with Android 9. It's a 2019 phone. You can buy this right now. It is only 140 bucks. It's like 139. Okay. Um, and so you're going to get the updates, you know, you're going to get up to like Android. Well, you might even get up to Android S, whatever that ends up being. Okay, because Q, I think, is is that fully launching in August, if I'm not mistaken? In fact, I've been worried about with the Moto X4. Um, I haven't gotten a security update since May, and I'm kind of wondering if they're just planning on rolling out Android Q very quickly uh, to this phone. That's what I hope happens. I've read some people have gotten the June or maybe even July updates, but I haven't gotten those security patches, and I'm not sure why. Uh, and I'm, this phone, the Moto X4, is still well within the three years of security updates, well within that. Um, but anyway, so you have, because the Nokia 2.2 is an Android 1 phone, which is what I recommend, unless you're the kind of person that likes to rock Lineage OS, that's, you know, please, you know how supportive I am of that. I've done entire classes on getting people on board with Lineage OS. Don't confuse me. Um, but otherwise, if you're not going Lineage OS, you want to go Android 1. Okay. And this is an Android one phone. It's not Android go it's Android one. Uh, the removable, removable battery is a very interesting. I mean, that is like, so for my dark Android project for years, the two things, the, the most, or actually the three most important things was that you have, uh, it should not have a, uh, you know, a fingerprint sensor. You don't want it to have a fingerprint sensor, even though you can, you can kind of turn that off, but I have concerns around that. Um, you want a micro SD card slot, which this has, and you want, you want it to have a, a removable battery, which this has, uh, this, the removable battery part of this really does make it interesting. And it's amazing. Even in the Ars Technica review, how many people wrote up about the fact that, wow, holy shit, you know, that 
what a great feature to have. And it's so funny because again, you know, I ask it all the time of people when they, you know, when they talk to me, because like I said, I do get asked a lot, like what phone, you know, what's the best phone out there, blah, 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 which honestly, folks, I mean, just about, unless you are on the more privacy side of things, you know, more on the sovereign tech, shall we say, side of things, any phone is really just fine. You know, I know like Asus just came out with a Republic of Gamers phone, a ROG phone that is the most powerful Android phone ever. And I'm just like, and, and who asked for that? Like who, who, who wants this? Who the fuck is taking Android gaming or Android processing power or whatever so seriously that somehow that is attractive to them? That, I don't know, that, that blows my mind. So anyway, uh, and the other part is, is that I, I just, I've yet, I have not, and I've asked and I've asked and I've asked, I've even asked on Twitter. I've asked on every venue that I can. And if I ever was in front of any tech giant or, you know, any CEO for any phone manufacturer or whatever, I would ask them, who told you people don't want bezels on their phone? Who was complaining about bezels? I can't, I cannot believe anybody was complaining about bezels. I can't, I, I can't fucking imagine. And I want to know, like, if anybody out there, and look, if you have a great answer, I'm not going to insult you. Explain to me why you don't want bezels. I don't fucking get it. The only, the only answer I can come up with is that they want you to, like, getting rid of the bezels is turning your phone more, I mean, either, because I can't believe it's just to sell cases. That, that that doesn't make any sense. Just so you can, like, hold your phone like a normal human being would even though how long have we actually had smartphones? Not that long for it to be called normal is ridiculous. But the only thing I can imagine is that they want it to become so thin and light that event that it feels like it just disappears. And this is part, but, and eventually it is just going to disappear and you're going to be dealing in a more AR future, like, you know, augmented reality future. And that with the phone having less and less bezel, augmented reality in reality when you hold your phone up kind of meld and it's just you know kind of predictively programming you for that it's the only answer i could come up with but that's conspiratorial and way out there very speculative i can't imagine who the fuck is complaining about bezels now this phone fortunately well unfortunately it does have the notch unbelievable fuck that but it's probably the cheapest phone with a notch okay um does have a little bezel at the bottom that says Nokia and all this. So whatever that that's, that's fine. Um, that screen, by the way, it's a 5.7 inch screen. That's important to bring up. So it's a fairly larger screen, certainly much bigger than the Moto X4. Uh, and it's a 720 uh, P screen with the, uh, you know, it's IPS, which that great, you know, no, we, nobody 1080 P is just a battery drainer. And I feel like those high resolutions are meaningless on a smartphone and everybody knows that. And I don't know, again, also who the fuck was complaining about screen resolution on their smartphone. Like, are, seriously, you tell me that, fuck, no, I want 4K content on my smartphone because I look at my smartphone screen and watch movies on it and whatever the fuck else that much. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Maybe there's kids out there that do that sort of thing, but I don't believe people that can actually hash out $1,000 for a phone do that. So 720p screen, great. I think that's awesome. Save battery, phenomenal. Uh, pretty fair-sized battery on this uh, on this one, too. Um, the 3 gig of RAM, that's good. Uh, and then the the processor, it's a uh, MediaTek Hello A, A22 SoC, which is a quad-core and they only run at two gigahertz. Now, I mean, that's a little weak for a modern phone, especially when we're talking about running newer versions of Android. It's a little weak, but I think that would get you by just fine. The 32 gig of storage, yeah, that's the bare minimum because yeah, you can put in a micro SD card slot, but you're never gonna wanna merge you know, micro SD cards that run at a good speed are still far too rare. Um, you're not gonna wanna merge even though Android's been able to do it for years, you don't want to merge your storage. Uh, so 32 gig is just enough to run enough apps, I think. So it's a little low. I agree with the emailer completely. That's a little low, but that's like, if it had 16, I'd say don't buy it. Like the uh, 16 gig, and I've tried a 16 gig smart. I mean, it just doesn't work. Even though admittedly, in fact, Google today, they just released a, a new app called Gallery Go which is a dumbed down version of Google Photos. 
And I checked it out and it's really lightweight. It's like 10 meg, obviously with the name Go in it, it's meant for Android Go phones, which normally only have like eight gig of, uh, of onboard storage, which that's ridiculous. I've, I did a full review of the Nokia 2, which was an Android Go phone, and I told you how bad that got. But anyway, uh, you know, and ho- how horrible an experience that, that is. Um, anyway, this uh, Gallery Go is actually really slick, uh, and it, it gets rid of all the nonsense features that, that I think Google Photos adds in. Um, I don't like Google Photos. I've used Simple Gallery Pro for a couple of years now, just because Google Photos seem to take over every manufacturer's photo app, and I don't like how it handles folders and all this. But Gallery Go really actually does a great job. Um, I was very, very pleased with that. So point being is that you can actually install a lot of Go apps that can, you know, that can give you the feature set you want. It won't exactly replace, like get rid of all the other apps that are there. But, you know, I mean, I've said this with An- with Android. I mean, you're, you're, by its nature, by the fact that Google, you know, it's Google operated, you are sending a lot of data to Google. So using Google's apps, fuck Google again, but using Google's apps is a smart way to go because they're going to have an integration into Android unlike any other, uh, you know, app or app ecosystem uh, out there. So anyway, besides that, um, everything else with this, I, I think it's a, it's a fine phone, especially for the price. Um, it might end up being, I I've read reviews that said the camera sucks. I think that's a feature, not a bug. Good. The camera shouldn't, you know, you want a camera that's shitty, you know, that way, because all the camera ends up, all the cameras end up getting used for ultimately is for, uh, photos that get sent off to the NSA. So fuck that shit. Uh, and yeah, I mean, getting the security updates and really Nokia, I can say, I mean, I used the Nokia 6.1 for a while. Nokia was very much on top of getting those updates out. They were very, very good about those updates. Uh, maybe better than Motorola, of course, which is run by Lenovo. But anyway, so th- those are things uh, to keep in mind with with that. So I, I like this. This is if you were looking for a new phone and you wanted to go on the cheap, I think this one is fine to go with. Um it might run things a little bit slower, but then folks, it, it's a smartphone, <laughs> you know, this is not where like your world should be living and breathing, you know, and where, where things should be that much uh, on the line. In fact, I'm going to talk about it in an upcoming Sovereign Tech. Uh, Steve Gibson, I think I said this in another episode, but Steve Gibson had a beautiful little tirade on Security Now a couple episodes ago where he basically said, he says, if, if my life depended on it, I would not communicate like if i needed actual full-on privacy and and encryption security the whole thing i would not use the smartphone they are not secure we know that that it's just it and and it was so brilliant to hear that i'm gonna like play the audio or read the i i I wrote down the entire quote i actually shared it on twitter um it was such a fantastic point from such an expert in the field because i mean i say it and people like oh stallion's just nuts you know but you can't say that to steve gibson not when it comes to cybersecurity, not when it comes to security issues. Okay. So anyway, I just want him because I'm glad that that he bolstered my point. Now, um, yeah, again, great phone. Nokia 2.2. I, I like it. I like everything that I see. If Android runs a little slow on it, I don't think that that's, that's that big of a concern. I mean, what do you want these things to do? <laughs> it's just... You know, and, and 32 gig, that's a, that's a little on the lower side, but you can put in the micro SD card and then you can hold like, you know, you can put all your audiobooks and whatever else that you download. Most apps today that I've seen media apps allow for uh, SD card storage, like even Netflix for offline content, a lot of those stuff, they all allow for SD card storage and, and go for it. You know, um, boy, th- there's other conversations I could have around this, but I, I, I want to get to the last question and, and just, you know, get to our album of the week and we'll wrap things up. Um, but let, let's get to the last question here. So here we go. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Nokia 2.2, go ahead and buy it. I still recommend the Moto X4 over it just because of, again, it's, it's compatibility with all, uh, telcos, all telcos, regardless of their, you know, what, what kind of band they're using. Um, but otherwise, I think the Nokia 2.2 would be a winner, you know, I, I, and I think it's a winner. And if, again, if you're locked into GSM, go for it. Like, I, I, I don't, uh, I have no problem recommending that. Um, okay, so let's, let's go on to the last question here. First off, Rabbi Sovereign, thank you for having Ellen on the show again. Woo! You are welcome. <laughs> Believe me. Uh, and she's real, folks, she's really enjoyed a lot of the uh, uh, 
I mean, there's been a lot of great comments that have come, uh, you know, recently with, with Ellen being on. She, she really loves all of it. Uh, anyway, she has been brilliant on in every episode. Woo, I'll say too. Uh, I thought her question to you on the last, the la- or sorry, I'm th- I thought her questions to you on the last Q and A were important and ones I've been wanting to ask for some time. It feels like many times you have conclusions to uh, you want to say, but I don't know if you're too afraid to speculate or what. But I'm glad someone on this planet can draw them out of you. And then it says, "Haha." Uh, yeah. Okay. Before I get to their actual question, let me comment on that. Yeah, you know, and, and I've said this before, and I won't spend a ton of time on it. There, a few years ago, I would sweat a little bit going to some of my crazier conclusions. But every one of those things that I remember sweating has ended up becoming true. You know, like now everybody talks about how, like, I lost so many subscribers when I made the claim. And I, and I said, like, look, you know, this is, I know that this is kind of crazy. Nobody, what I'm about to say to you, you're not going to find crazy at all because now even the mainstream media says this. Okay. The idea that Facebook is basically a country, that it's a nation, you know, and, and the extent to which Facebook's reach was going to become all of those things ended up becoming true. I got so much hate mail when I said that, and we're talking, this is back like 2013, 2014. Just saying Facebook is is a nation, like like that just drove people nuts. They, I, and I don't exactly know why, because I thought it was fucking apparent at the time. And and, and it just drove people insane. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things. Now, I mean, some of my wilder stuff, especially when it comes to matters of, you know, history and ancient history, yeah, those are going to be harder to prove one day if they ever do get proved. But regardless, you know, a lot of my uh, speculations... Uh, you know, they often, they, they do end up becoming true, but yeah, I, I would, there are times where I would kind of hold back and there, and look, I do want to be careful to speculate, you know, and I want to make it very clear that I am speculating with a lot of this stuff, but I don't think, and I don't know what it is today, but people, you know, the, the people that spec or all right, there are plenty of people that speculate that they, they don't even bother to try and differentiate between what is fact and what is speculation. But there are plenty of people who do, like myself, make it very clear what is fact and what is speculation and make a point of it. But where a lot of the problems lie, I think, are with the consumers of the information. And we see this in that, you know, everything like there, there is very little. Uh, uh, nobody seems to have a critical eye anymore because people are either basing what they think or what is going on, what the reality is, they'll base it upon a headline and not actually read the story. And headlines we know are, are terribly misleading because they're just there to get you to, to click on, on the story, you know, or, you know, they, they're the ones that won't differentiate speculation. You can say that you're speculating. You could say it a million times and they will treat it as well. Brian Sovereign said this. He's crazy. No, no, I was speculating. <laughs> and we're allowed to do that as long as we do it responsibly. And speculating responsibly is letting people know that you're speculating. But, you know, it's another situation where, like, I get so much shit. Um, I've even lost sponsors over it where, you know, like, I'll say something and I made it very clear that I'm speculating. And they're like, oh, that's fucking insane. And it's like, okay, all right, well, whatever. You know, <laughs> like, what, what, what can you do? So I don't have any real fear around that anymore. Whatever. You know, I'll say what I say. I mean, Sovereign Tech, Zomi One, I mean, this is just the most independent stuff out there. It just is. Because ultimately, I'm willing to admit, and this is kind of getting it into the question that's being asked. Ultimately, I am willing to admit where I'm willing to go to the reality. I'm willing to go far enough to see the reality of what's going on and how really like the world works right now. And it's, you know, it's bad. And that, that kind of gets to some of the questions that Ellen was asking me in the last Q&A. You know, how at the heart of all this stuff, it's all wrong. And, well, anyway, let me let me, let me me finish reading here. But but there you go. Um, but what here, So going on with the question. But what I have to ask has more to do with the study Ellen found that referenced uh, how so many women are becoming nuns. I looked up the article and I thought the info was staggering. But what say Rabbi Sovereign to why this is happening? Don't stop podcasting. And yes, give us more Ellen. We need Ellen. Woo. Preach that. I do too. <laughs> so, uh, I'm with you. Uh, whoo, uh, so, okay. 
why so so the question I'm gathering here is why are why are young women because I think the article is about millennials specifically which granted that's a broad age range but why are millennials becoming uh nuns why why is this happening especially when I you know I remember seeing stories over the past few years that are constantly talking about how uh, you know, like the amount of nuns in the world and in the U.S. is is dropping significantly. But now we're getting stories that, oh, no, no, millennials are wanting to become nuns, etc. So why is this happening? I think kind of what I was just saying and some of what I was saying in the Q&A last week. I think, and, I, and I've been saying this for years, really, but deep down, whether people can put words to it or not, we all have the feeling that something is very wrong. You know, you kind of think into the matrix, like, you know, where Morpheus says, you know, you know that, that, that there's something wrong with the world. And I think we all know that, that, that so much of the world today, especially, and it's not just today, there've been other points in history where it's, where it's off, but that things are off, but also we're constantly being fed with so much contrasting and conflicting information and we're being fed so much information that I think a people, I mean, humans in general as a part of the human condition, I think look for the truth and that looking for the truth. This isn't just some like byproduct of logic or, or any, or, you know, of like, uh, of, of the, I don't know, some nonsense like the trivium or something like that. Okay. This quest for truth by humans I think is an evolutionary biological universal. Okay. It's a biological function because without the quest for truth in reality, we would die. Like we couldn't survive as, you know, our ancient ancestors, cave dwellers, whatever, you know, whatever situation they found themselves in. Okay. It's really only until, well, I mean, there's, uh, we can get into ancient mushroom cults, but that's, that's an outside of that conversation. It's really not until more modern, uh, modern times that you can really get away, frankly, with being nuts, that you can get away with not paying attention to reality. This is, this is really the, the only time that that's ever been possible. And ironically, I think a lot of people are, and this has been going on for a while, are breaking away from reality because you have so many different interested parties, shall we say, and this could be corporations, governments, religions, whoever, that are basically telling you that there are millions of people, or at least groups of people out there, other parties that are coming after you, that are trying to get you. You know, there's this massive fear-mongering machine of information transmission going on out there. And because of that, I think people are looking for a, they, they are looking for connection with other humans to feel, to get that need of, for safety met. Right. So they're looking for some kind of grouping, which yes, churches, religions, synagogues, whatever have, have certainly, you know, uh, uh, filled that niche in the past because, you know, in, in certain in numbers, there's some safety with all that. Okay. They're searching for truth. And, you know, when you have, I mean, look, I'm going to give credit where credit's due. So nuns are largely a Catholic phenomenon. Uh, I mean, you know, we could get into Eastern Orthodox, some other things, but basically nuns are, are, a, are, you know, more or less considered a Catholic phenomenon. Catholicism, to its credit, uh, and I've often said forever that Catholicism, if there is a real Christianity, it's Catholicism. You know, like it's the one that can that can adapt to the times. It is the one that has, or like that has the ability because it, it bases part of its, or part of its foundation on the traditions on the con, which is a biblical concept that there are traditions that, you know, not just the word of God, but also traditions that you follow because, you know, the, the Bishop of Rome, shall we say the Pope, uh, you know, is the arbiter of those, uh, you know, you know, those traditions, uh, those traditions can be added onto altered, whatever to fit new information and the times, but you basically have the, what is it? Well, yeah, there's the compendium, but you have the catechism, the catechism of the Catholic church, right? And this catechism is this giant book of truth, you know, and, and 
I dare say, like, it might even, for, for some Catholics, it might even be considered more important than the Bible itself. But it's very attractive to have the truth in one book, even if it's a book that's like 800 to 1,000 pages. It's a very attractive concept, and especially like with Catholicism, with the Catechism, it's particular, or, or you can get the Compendium, which is an even shorter version of that, but it's very attractive to have this that appears to be, you know, uh, uh, basically approved and ordained by God, because it comes down from the Pope and the Vatican Council and all this, okay, uh, or whichever Vatican Council, right? Um, I mean... Catholics have their own little civil wars with set of vacantists and all this. You know, some people don't like, uh, you know, Vatican II. Other, uh, anyway, that, that's a big story. Okay. But it's very attractive to have this compendium of all that is right and true. When today we are just hammered with so much bullshit. And it's bullshit because it's effectively marketing. And that marketing is effectively trying to scare you or lure you one or the other, but it's still fear because it, 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 instead of it, even if it's for something pleasurable, it's really for the fear of missing out, you know, so it's still all based around fear. But, you know, all of it's marketing to just try, you know, and get you into this stuff. I mean, every story about Trump is marketing. Every story about, I don't know, what, whatever food you're not supposed to eat is, is ultimately marketing. I mean, there's scientific truth within that, but that's the, that's part of the problem is that you have to be a very watchful, a very vigilant, a very knowledgeable person to be able to sift through all of this info. And again, a lot of it's very conflicting. Coffee's bad this week, next week coffee's good. You know, to be able to try and get to the reality, it's very difficult. It's very, very difficult. Why are podcasts so wildly popular? It's because people are looking for truth. And they're trying to find experts out there who maybe, and podcasting has the ability to be somewhat detached from the corporations and whatever that a lot of people don't trust, especially around the world. I mean, Americans don't seem to mind corporations. In fact, they usually suck their cocks. But in, you know, in other parts of the world, they don't trust corporations. Of course, they trust government. So, I mean, it's not like they're that much better, but you get my point. I think most people... And I mean pretty much everybody. If you kept asking them, like, they're, if you kept asking questions and kept peeling away at the onion of whatever is, whatever, you know, is going on in their life, okay? I'm trying to be brief with this, but it is a huge conversation. Eventually, you're going to get to the, you know, to, to the, the absolute innard of that onion. And when you get there, I don't think most people like the smell. And I think and I think it makes people cry. In fact, the onion analogy is perfect because here's the deal. I think that most people are afraid. Again, you're appealing to their fear and it's because they do have fear. And I understand it and I empathize. They are afraid of that if they keep trying to search for the truth, the real truth, if they keep trying to peel back and get to the real heart of reality of what it means to be human, of what, how the universe works and all this, when they get to the very end of it, they realize that so much of what they've been doing their whole lives is a waste, wrong. Maybe, the, the, you know, they, they realize that, holy shit, safety is an illusion. You know, I mean, there's all kinds of wild concepts, concepts that are going to start hitting them. Folks, you got to, I've talked, this is another thing that I've talked about many times, many, many times. It was a brilliant piece of audio where, um, it was on the Tom Wood show, which don't listen to that show otherwise, but here we go. It's on the Tom Wood show. They were talking about Max Stirner. They, they had, he had this expert on talking about all these different types of anarchism. And they were debunking and ripping to shreds pretty properly a lot of different types of anarchism. And I appreciated what they were saying. I'll give credit where credit's due. And then they get to Max Stirner. They don't rip him to shreds. They don't say that Max Stirner's wrong and that egoist anarchism is wrong. What they effectively say is that no one wants to live like that. Like this hyper-individualism. Yeah, it is the logical conclusion of individualism, which is supposed to be the heart of anarchy, even anarcho-capitalism. It is the logical conclusion of that. It's, that's their words. Okay? Libertarian extraordinaires, it's their words. He, they are saying that Max Stirner's, the, the anarchism that he was espousing 200 years ago, that egoism 
is the logical conclusion. That is where this goes. But this is how, this is what they said. No one wants to live that way. Where you have to be, because here's the deal, and I and I've said this before too. Here's the deal. Within the concept of egoism, um, and and boy, <laughs> I don't know if I've done an episode where I like you know did like a breakdown of egoism and all this. Maybe I should do something like that. You can let me know if you if you want that. But within egoism, here's here's the reason you're afraid of that or why people are afraid of that. Here's the reason why people don't want to completely pull away, uh, you know, the curtain and see the wizard is because they are going to realize everyone would realize that to make it to survive alone in this world and to thrive and to get all the things that as humans uh, that we want, you know, happiness, love and all this stuff, you have to be the best fucking person you could possibly be you i mean physically mentally whatever and that terrifies the fuck out of people because when you pull away the religion when you pull away catholicism when you pull away judaism when you pull away islam when you pull away pick pick your poison when you pull away buddhism because that's horseshit too when you pull away all this stuff you are left with you just you now, as a social species, we can have other people in our lives that can enrich us, okay, and we can work together. You know, life evolved through networking, not combat, right? That's the old Dorian Sagan quote. It's true. But you are left with you, and that terrifies the fuck out of people. And because of that, and because of recognizing the reality that, holy shit, morality all these other things, you know, morality, uh, the market, the blah, blah, blah. These things, they're, they're all spooks. They're a subjective reality, but they're not an objective reality. They're not a natural core, necessarily, of the human condition. They can be an expression of some parts of it, perhaps. Sure. But ultimately, they're spooks, as Max Turner would say. All there is, is you. People are terrified. Here, here's how I like to wrap up egoism very quickly. What's not nailed down is mine. What I can pry loose is also mine. The other part to that is that you are the most important person in the universe, but so is everyone else. That is a paradoxical statement, but it is that is the reality. There's a lot to expound on those two phrases alone. But that's about as simple as I could possibly, you know, make egoism for you. But that's the reality. There's nothing else. And most people are terrified to face that. And so what do they do? They go to a book. They go to a body of, uh, of, of, of people. Uh, they go, you know, that, that have been around for thousands of years and say, well, this authority has been here. It couldn't have survived if there wasn't some kind of truth to it. So they must be doing something right. So I will follow them, i.e. the Vatican, Eastern Orthodox, you know, the, the rabbis, whatever. You know, take, take your pick. But I think that's why. And I think today, I think millennials are so disillusioned over everything because I think ultimately they are seeing more so than anyone because they've been flooded with it more so than anyone with just constant bullshit. Every story's bullshit and they ultimately know it. Everything is a witch hunt. Everything is, I mean, it, it's all, it's all just crazy and they don't want to deal with it anymore. They want someone to just come in and say, here is, you know, they want their, uh, uh, what's that idiot's name who wrote, uh, was it not, not Robert, uh, I don't know, whatever that the, the lobster guy, the guy, the guy that everybody was, was, was going nuts over. I, I, I couldn't care less about these fucking people or their, your Ben Shapiro's or whoever. They want somebody to come down from that mountain and say, here's the truth. You don't have to worry about anything else. Here it is. Go ye therefore and do likewise. That's what they want. They want somebody to give them the rules and they don't want to accept that there aren't any rules. And it's sad. It's very sad. I get it. It takes courage. It takes fortitude. It takes a lot of personal strength, mental and physical, to 
you know, really be able to, to, to accept the nature of the human condition and the nature of reality. Because I'm, and I'll tell you this, you know, we, we've talked a lot about, oh, the great future of going into space and all that. And I agree. And I, and I think there is going to be a great future of going into space. I usually don't like to use this word, but I'm just going to use it for effect. Space is a heartless bitch. No offense to anyone, you know, to, to women or anything like that with, say, with that statement, but I want to make that statement very clear. Space is a heartless bitch. It is brutal. I think Ian Banks is probably right that when you go up there, oh yeah, no, no. I mean, and this is why governments don't want people going up there because government can't survive up there. The fiction can't survive because to survive up there, you have to be, just as our ancient ancestors were, so in touch with reality. So in touch with what is going, you know, what is going on. You have to be constantly paying attention. You have to be constantly vigilant on, oh, what's the oxygen levels? How much food, you know, is there enough algae getting reproduced through the protein resequencer? Whatever the fuck it is. Okay. You are, and, and look, I'm not saying that socialism is any kind of great thing, but you're probably, you're going to have a lot of people that are going to start espousing something that looks a lot like that because to survive, you're going to have to really work together and really pay attention to what's going on. And you praying to God isn't going to save you in space. Most people that, that space is going to be for some hardy folks. It ain't going to be for everyone. Maybe everybody will want to take a little trip around the moon, but living in space or living on another planet where we once were as a species, we will be again. And we are going to be harshly. And I would also, though, at the same time, say beautifully in touch with reality when that happens. So all that said, yeah, why do I think people are becoming nuns? Because they... They just want, they want something that looks like truth. They want a hard and fast set of rules because they don't want to accept either A, that everything is fucking wrong. It's much easier to accept that, no, this is all the work of Satan and we can save people and bring them in and I will have lived a good life. Okay. Like it's much easier to do that than to say that, holy shit, we're all living a lie. And I can't, I, it's not as simple as you know, oh, uh, 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 you know, all I have to do is like memorize what's in this book. You know, all I have to do is memorize this verse, this verse, this verse, and I can go forward. All I have to do according to Acts chapter two or whatever is, you know, say that Jesus is my savior and I get eternity. That's a very attractive proposition. Is it not? It sure it is way better than saying, no, if I want to live a long life, I have to eat this way. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. I got to do this, blah, blah, blah much easier. And that's what I think is, is going on. It's just, we're, we're so inundated with info. We're so confused. There's so much conflicting information. And then the reality is, is that it's been wrong for not just since smartphones and the internet became a thing. It's been wrong for a very long while. And we have, I love those, you know, those, those, uh, uh, uh memes like of, of evolu evolution where the, you know, the human gets to where he's upright and then he turns back around and says, all right, let's go back. We fucked up. Yes, we fucked up. And no one wants to admit it. And so they are running to institutions that seem, that, that seem to have historicity, that seem to have been here for a while, that have some kind of claim of truth. I think that's, that's basically what's going on. So, okay, there, there's that. Um, I want to, I want really, really want to wrap this baby up. Um, your album of the week, let's make this quick. Um, your album of the week is Sabaton, the Great War. Okay, so this Sabaton is a band kind of like Man of War, where they sing a lot about history and war. However, don't think that Sabaton's like necessarily pro-war. Granted, they kind of dress like that. But they're really, because they talk about the ugly parts of war and a lot of this other stuff. And I always think it's very interesting. I've been a fan of Sabaton for some time. Uh, their concept album, of The Art of War, I thought was was brilliant. Um, this album, it's, it's pretty good. It's stock Sabaton fair. If you know Sabaton's metal sound, you're not getting anything different here with the Great War. Um, the three-disc set is really cool, where you can just get the instrumentals on disc two. And then on disc three, they actually have uh, Flora Jansen, who isn't she? She lead singing for Nightwish these days. Uh, I know she's she's been around for a while, but uh, she does like these introductions to each song where she's explaining what they're about. Like the first track on the album is The Future of Warfare. Good song. Uh, but it's about the tank. 
you know, and the Great War, of course, is World War One. Uh, it's about the tank, and she explains that it's about the tank. So if you want to get like some of the history behind each song, if you get the three disc set, um, disc three, which is called the history version will give you history on everything that they're singing about. Um, best song on the album is definitely the attack of the dead men. Uh, I mean, you're going to hum that chorus for a while. Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty epic shit. Um, it's a very tight album though. I don't even think it's 40 minutes, which is kind of rare for bands of like the power metal persuasion. Um, but I, I not one of Sabaton's best albums, but far from any, far from their worst. Uh, I might put this in like their top three or four. I, I was very, very pleased with this album. I had been waiting for this one. Um, but Sabaton, The Great War, get the three-disc version because Floor Jansen's uh, work is great uh, on the third disc. And yeah, I mean, you're just, you're going to like every song on there. Every song on there rocks and you're just going to have a good time. Certainly great music for the gym. So go ahead and hit that up. Anyway, Sabaton, The Great War, uh, that just came out, that literally just came out uh, last week in July, 2019. So, uh, check that out. I'm going to try and get Sabaton on for, uh, uh, for an interview. Uh, in fact, I have a really great argument made uh, by someone I was talking to about why you want post album release interviews. So that way the fans have time to listen to the music and then, you know, you can have an interview and really like break it down and talk about it. And I'm looking forward to doing that on the hard and fast podcast, uh, which more episodes of that are coming out very, very soon. So anyway, that's it. I'm going to wrap this baby up. I will see all of you on the other side.